Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number three of Revelation chapter six. And we're continuing to look at verse six, which says, And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny, and see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. And in our last study, we saw that the rider on the black horse is typifying God's program for the Great Tribulation. This is why he had a pair of balances in his hand and uh, wheat and barley was being measured out. As we saw in Ezekiel chapter 4, that when God gives uh, bread by measure, it relates to the time when the staff of bread is cut off to a spiritual famine. And that is the nature of the Great Tribulation. As God brought about a famine of hearing the word of the Lord in all the world's churches and congregations. And yet there was um, a, a conditional statement by God or or God uh, did not just... Um, loose his hand of wrath and and uh, have no regard for anyone no he had some regard here for the oil and the wine see thou hurt not the oil and the wine now we looked last time at Joel chapter 2 and i want to go back there and and just go over it once again to see how oil and wine is spoken of in in Joel 1 we we saw in verses 8 through 11 that as part of God's judgment on the church at the end of verse uh well let me read verse 10 the field is wasted the land mourneth for the corn is wasted the new wine is dried up the oil languisheth this verse and these verses are describing the fruits of the harvest, and and verse 11 uh, plainly says, the harvest of the field is perished. This this is what happened when God brought about judgment on the churches. Uh, any further fruit would uh, would perish. No one else would become saved within any church in all the world during the Great Tribulation or now in these days after. God finished his testimony that his word had brought within the church throughout the church age and and he departed from the midst of the congregations and without Christ without the spirit of God in their midst it doesn't matter what is preached it doesn't matter who preaches it how faithful seemingly faithful the pastor might be in declaring the word of God it takes the Holy Spirit to create a new heart, to cause the hearers to be able to hear. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And yet God sent a famine of hearing into the churches. And this famine caused the, spiritually the wine and the oil to uh, perish and and that would point to those that that uh, really previously and in past time 
would have become saved or or that would have been the location where people became saved, but now no more. And yet that is not the end of the matter because in Joel chapter 2, the Lord um, speaks of bringing in a harvest. In Joel 2, he says in verse 23, of Joel chapter 2. Be glad then ye children of Zion. And rejoice in Jehovah your God. For he has given you the former rain moderately. And he will cause to come down for you the rain. The former rain and the latter rain as the first. And this is describing God's program of evangelizing the world. With the early rain and then the latter rain the seasons of his salvation program. And then in verse 24, And the floor shall be full of wheat, and the fat shall overflow with wine and oil. Remember in the parable of the wheat and the tares, who did the wheat represent? The true believers. And the tares, those that were identified with true believers, professed to be true believers, but were not. They they were never truly saved. And so we see how the wheat here, as God likens wheat to elect individuals, to ones that he has saved, uh, come as a result of the rain. And the fats overflow with wine and oil. And it's the same picture. Wine and oil represent the true believers. Now, God says in our verse, um, let's go back there in Revelation 6, See thou hurt not the oil and the wine. And he's basically saying, look, I'm bringing judgment on the rebellious church, on a church that um, loudly professes to glorify me. They praise the name of Jesus, but it, they're far from me in heart to those that that are Christian in name only, that are not serving me. And, and therefore, it is time to bring judgment upon them. But there are some of my people within the churches and congregations. And see thou hurt them not, hurt not the oil and the wine. Now, uh, what what does it mean to not be hurt? Or what is this word hurt referring to? In Revelation chapter 2, it says in verse 11, He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. And ultimately, that is what is in view uh, if if um, an individual is saved, is born again, has received the gift of eternal life, well, they cannot be hurt of the second death. Only unsaved people can experience the second death and, and are annihilated and eternally destroyed. And finally, that is what is going to happen to all those that... Um, that are not saved within the congregations. They will experience the second death. And 
God is saying, well, hurt not the oil and the wine. Do them no harm. Now, I want to also go to Revelation 9 because a similar statement is made. It doesn't mention oil and wine, but it, it uses the same language of hurt not. In Revelation 9, we read in verse 3, And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. Now, here again, the context is Judgment Day, May 21, 2011, actually, when judgment began on the world. And the commandment is uh, for these scorpions, who really are a picture of God's elect, the true believers, that they are to not hurt the grass neither any green thing, neither any tree. And the the green thing and the grass and so forth that are not to be hurt are uh, referring to those that God has saved, his, his chosen people, those he has predestinated to receive salvation and have become saved, that he, he already has saved them before he brought about the day of judgment, and they, therefore, as a result, are not to be hurt. They are not to experience the second death that come upon all those that have not the seal of God in their foreheads. And this is similar to the statement that we're reading in Revelation 6-8. Uh, here in Revelation 6-6, in, in this verse, uh, God is concerned about the elect living during the great tribulation period. And in Revelation 9, verse 4, he's concerned about the elect living on the earth in the day of judgment on all the world. In both cases and always at any point, hurt not my people, those whose names were written in the Lamb's book of life, whose sins have been forgiven. They are not to experience the wrath of God. They are not being punished. Their sins have already been taken care of. The law uh, and its demands regarding them have already been satisfied. So therefore, hurt not the oil and the wine. Well, let's continue on here in Revelation 6, and we'll read verses 7 and 8. And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was Death, and Hell followed with him, and power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword and with hunger and with death and with the beast of the earth. And uh, this fourth horse and rider, uh, th this figure has been taken up um, and, and caught the fancy of individuals at all throughout the ages. You, you maybe have heard a reference to 
the pale horse and and the rider whose name was death it it is really a striking picture that god is giving us and and we picture some individual with with a skeleton for a face seated upon some pale colored horse and what exactly is a pale colored horse it's uh, been uh, represented as some sort of a ghostly sort of image and that is not what God is describing here at all and we should get that image out of our minds we're, we're going to be surprised I think when we understand the actual color of this horse and the color will help us to understand who the horse relates to and is describing who the horse is typifying. So let's look at this word pale, the Greek word. It's found four times in the New Testament. And uh, only once is it translated as pale. And the other three times it is translated as green. And the first place we're going to look is in Mark chapter 6. Mark 6, and uh, it says in verse 38, He saith unto them, How many loaves have ye? Go and see. And when they knew, they say, Five and two fishes. And he commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the green grass. Now there is the word, the Greek word translated as green here, which is translated as pale in our verse in Revelation chapter 6. The green grass, and they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed and brake the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fishes divided he among them all, and they did all eat and were filled. And here, the again, green grass. It is the word that we're looking at. And the thing to keep in mind is Christ is feeding his disciples. Now, of course, historically, many of these disciples probably were not saved. But they are picturing true believers. True believers that are being fed the bread of life. As as Jesus is likened to the very bread, the loaves that he has broken and multiplied and miraculously made sufficient for all this this multitude of people. Well, let's go to the second place where we find the word green. And that's in Revelation chapter 8. And in verse 7, the first angel sounded and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood, and they were cast upon the earth, and the third part of trees was burned up, and all green grass was burned up. And the second angel sounded, and as it were a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea, and the third part of the sea became blood, and the third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died, and the third part of ships were destroyed. And it continues with judgment on the third part, the third part, the third part, because it is describing God's 
judgment beginning at the house of God at the end of the church age and the beginning of the great tribulation. And, and so uh, verse 7, which spoke of the uh, judgment as the third part of trees was burned up and all green grass was burned up. This is pointing to those that identify they they are so closely related to God's elect. And the reason is uh, due to the fact that God had his elect housed within the churches and congregations for 1955 years. And that was where the two witnesses, the witness of the word of God operated at, and and God um, blessed their witness and saved all those to become saved the first fruits during that period of time and and now it is time when judgment begins at the house of God it is time when the third part of trees is burned up and all green grass is burned up so we can see once again that the green grass identifies with God's people with, with true believers as they were historically found in the church and with those that uh, came to be so closely identified that, that God still uses the figure. It's much like the figure of the third part. The third part is a figure that God uses to describe the elect in Zechariah 13 and uh, as they go through the fire. And yet it is the third part that is burned up or destroyed in Revelation 8. Well, the third place we want to look is in Revelation chapter 9. And again, we, we just read this, but let's read in, um, in verse 4. And it was commanded them, referring back to the scorpions, that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. And and once again, as we mentioned earlier, the uh, green thing is referring to the elect, that they, they would be the ones with the seal of God, as the Holy Spirit has sealed them with salvation. And the word green, in other words, in the other three places, and this is the only three places that the word is found, it relates to the child of God, to the elect people of God, to the true believers. And and when we read in Revelation 6, 8, and I looked and behold a pale horse, well, uh, without question, it is a green horse that the Apostle John is being given a vision to see. It's a green horse. And the green horse completely identifies with the true believer. Now we we have a problem, and and uh, it, it it doesn't make any sense that the the green horse identifies with the true believer because uh, let let's read again. I looked and behold a green horse, and his name that sat on him was death. And hell followed with him, and power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill 
with sword and with hunger and with death and with the beasts of the earth. Now, how can that be any way connected to true believers? How can believers um, sit upon a horse and and be identified completely with death and hell? It 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 just doesn't make sense. Oh, but we we do remember that God does liken believers to death in Second Corinthians chapter two. We read in verse fourteen. Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ, and maketh manifest the savor of His knowledge by us in every place, for. We are unto God a sweet savor of Christ in them that are saved and in them that perish. To the one, we are the savor of death unto death, and to the other, the savor of life unto life. And who is sufficient for these things? And here God is indicating that his people, as they carry the word of God, have always been a savor of death unto death to those that perish, to the unsaved, because the word of God that they they bring, the message that they carry, brings news of condemnation and wrath and judgment for the sinner. It is a message that relates to death, as the wages of sin is death. And if anyone is unsaved, they are under that wrath and, and therefore subject to the second death. And, and so God's people have always been a savor of death unto death. But the, the difference in the verse that we're reading in Revelation 6 verse 8 is that there is no mention of life and true believers have Historically, traditionally, in the day of salvation, been a savor of life unto life. Not only death unto death, and yet in, in Revelation 6, the rider on the green horse, his name is death. Life is not mentioned. Life is not in view at all. And this is because the fourth horseman, is going forth in the day of judgment and is representing God's people proclaiming the door is shut. There is no more salvation. And when we say there is no more salvation, we are saying there is no more life. 